Sometimes it feels like the music composition world is rife with gatekeeping that discourage people from entering the field. Though that exists, the beauty of finding individuals that break the norm is always a treat. It makes the impossible seem more possible, and it brings joy to both the person that is being helped and the person that is doing the help. For me, the person reaching out was none other than Oscar-nominated composer Kenny Woods. When I asked him for help with breaking into this crazy world, Kenny instantly messaged me. That alone was noteworthy, but it only grew from there. Kenny took time out of his day to answer my incessant questions and help me learn more about music programming and score writing. Many of the things I've experienced and learned wouldn't have come to me if Kenny hadn't made himself available. With these experiences, I dreamt of having him on this podcast, and I am excited that he's agreed to be here with us today. Though these, through these experiences, I am reminded that finding the right people is the key to getting out of negative mindsets. Kenny, I am so glad you offered to help me out with your kind gestures. And your kind gestures were exactly what I needed to change my life for the better. So without further ado, let me present to you Mr. Kenny Woods. Hey everybody. <laughs> Alright, am I on now? Are we yeah, going? yeah, we're going. That 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 was your cue. So cool. thank you. Thank you, is- Joshua, so much. Yeah, uh, so my name is Kenny Wood, and um, I, I want to clarify one thing. I, I was not the one to get the Oscar nomination, uh, but I worked on a short film that, that got earned itself an Oscar nomination. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been uh, a crazy ride, and, and I'm lucky to, to be where I am. And, uh, and I believe it's never too soon to, to reach out and give back to the, the music community. Which is always a good thing. It is always a good thing because, as we've discussed, there's a lot of back and forth and arguing about what should be here and how much money you should pay to get into this thing. It's, 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 it's confusing, and I'm glad that I and so many others, because I'm a part of your Facebook forums and stuff, have had the chance to learn that this is not as crazy as it looks from the outside looking in. in. Mm-hmm. But of course, sometimes you don't know the forest from the trees. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started. All right. How did you find your way into music composition? Uh, gosh, I mean, it, it's hard to trace it all the way back, but but I've, I grew up in a musical family. My My father was a musician. My my uh, mother was also uh, dabbled in, in singing and, and doing some music. So, you know, as early as I can remember, there was always somebody singing or an instrument being played in my house. Um, I was uh, a, a huge fan of the Warner Brothers cartoons. So all the Chuck Jones, Bugs Bunny, um, you, you name it. And, and uh, the... The music was so masterful, uh, masterfully done from those um, under the, uh, the pen of uh, Carl Stalling, uh, and that that really gave me a, an appreciation for the the connection between um, you know these animated uh, videos uh, combined with all the music, the great music that goes along with them. So <clears throat> fast forward a few years, I I joined my school band program. Um, 
I, I see friends of mine learning second and third instruments, so I, I want to get in on that too. I, I was kind of a follower uh, at the beginning, um, but before too long, I, I started to make the realization like, you know, this music thing, is, it, uh, it kind of clicks with me. It, it makes sense. I, I, can, I can see these connections between all these different things flying around. Uh, so I decided to sort of make that my thing, you know, build my, build my life around it. And I've never looked back since. So um, uh, as uh, when I got into college, I was a trumpet performance major. Um, but then my, my trumpet professor kind of could tell right away, like, I, I probably belong in a, in a composition program. So, so he pushed me in that direction. And, and, um, and ever since I've, I've been writing and, and enjoying life. Just uh, just being creative and working with people, and, and it's been great. So it definitely seems as if you you will push, and then that's what helps you lead into pushing others. Uh, mm-hmm. Always, always, hey, I've always enjoyed the power of giving um, giving things forward as well as back. Uh, oh yeah. Um. So, then, what were some of the struggles you faced? Everything sounds great, but <laughs> talk, I mean, those highs and lows in life. Right. Uh, I mean, the, you you face struggles everywhere. Uh, there's the. I mean, one of the one of the bigger struggles is um, contending with the idea that a career in music is not a real job, um, and uh, you know, while while I've come to come to grips with with making it you know, validation, validating and real for myself. There's plenty of people out there who just don't see it that way, don't believe it. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I have to kind of work hard to look past those people and, and, and not let them influence me. And, um, but there's also, uh, there's also people that you'll meet, you know, within your same field that um that don't help you they they just they either put a ceiling on you or they they withhold things that would get you to progress a little further and and you know it's kind of a really selfish thing uh and and you gotta figure out how to recognize those people first and then you know navigate around them um specific examples uh, may, I mean, I'll, maybe I'll think of something as we go along, but uh, but I'm blanking right now. Um, <laughs> but to your, to your sort of the, the quick answer to your question is, yeah, you, you face struggles all the time. And and it's sort of a measure of your own uh, your own personal fortitude that you figure out ways to get past them. So when we were emailing and talking about all of the preambles, you you you, mm-hmm. you seemed really excited about the video game Octopoid. I'm probably not saying that correctly, <laughs> but was that your first major project? And if it was, can you tell me more about it? Like, what was it like? How did you feel about sure. its success? Uh, yeah. Uh, so Octopody was a short film. Um, and that was the one that got knocked, uh, the Oscar nomination. So, mm-hmm. um, and and you know when when I first got the call for that, um, it was it was not much more than just you know another another animated short film. We had no idea how how far it was going to get. So 
So it was, I just treated it like any other project. Um, not to say that, you know, it didn't get my full undivided attention because that's, that's what I bring to everything that I do is, uh, you know, that whatever project I'm currently on, that's where my brain is. That's what gets, uh, gets everything, my, my entire soul. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I approached it the way I normally do. They, they really liked what, what I was doing with it. And, you know, it took maybe about a month to, uh, to just fine tune, get it all right. Cause they were, they were updating the, um, the animation sequence, uh, almost on a daily basis. So I, I had to, you know, add beats and chop out beats and, and make it all make musical sense in the, in the grand scheme of things. But once it was done, uh, we, we felt good about it. And then they started to show the film. Um, they, they played it at, um, their, their student, um, their student screening at the end of the school year. And someone in the audience was like, you know what, this could be an Oscar contender. So you, you guys better enter this in every festival you can think of. And sure enough, they did. And, and I think out of 20 festivals, it won 18 of them or something like that, like some crazy numbers. And, and sure enough, when Oscar time came, came around, it made the short list and then it made the nomination list and, and we were all just going crazy. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really the start of, uh, of, of a career for me um, because after that, I, I became um, like, uh, I, I was getting emails and calls left and right all over Europe because that's where the film was made. Uh, and I was, uh, you know, did, did uh, about 10 movies right after that um all you know all not like feature films but short films and and met a lot of great filmmakers and and collaborators uh just just from the, working on that project well then that's good so since since that phone call then why don't we look at what was your favorite project to walk on oh man that's like that's like uh it's like a parent choosing their favorite child, right? It always is. It always is. And as a musician, I'll go easy on you. If you don't have okay. one, choose your top five highlights of your career. Make a highlight. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll do this. You know, as cheesy as it sounds, it, it's to. whatever the... As yeah, the whatever project I'm working on, that's my favorite. But but uh, but I'll I'll say this. Um, there was one uh, my my final student project at USC um, called the the Kitchens Inc. You can you can find it. You know if you if you go to my page, you can find it there. Or my SoundCloud, you can you can find it. Um, that one has uh, probably more of my um, more of my sort of thought process and and blood sweat and tears put into that one and and the reason i the reason i talk i'm talking about that one is because the the short film that it was supposed to be associated with never got finished so so it never it never found its audience it never found its stride or or whatever and it's just been sitting on the shelf so i i send it out as a demo to say like hey you know this is what's possible if you want to work with me. It's it's this big thing. It's got almost a hundred musicians playing on it, and um, and it, it was just a blast to put together. It took forever to do, and I'm I'm super proud of it. But 
is just sort of sad that it never uh, it never really got to come out of the hangar and 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 yeah. take flight. So, so yeah, that yeah. one's a special one. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, was that your first time working with a large orchestra, live orchestra, large live orchestra? Uh, no, no. Okay. Uh, I, I I had done it a few times. Um, you know, it's it's pretty early in, in my career, but, but no, definitely not the first time. Okay. And and for a project that like you know I, I i don't think i would put something that big if it was going to be my first thing i'd, okay. I'd want to practice a few times and and get the process right before before uh trying something that large because it, it was the culmination of like four different recording sessions all merged together and um there was a lot that could go wrong <laughs> obviously <laughs> so Let's uh, let's look at that. Let's look at the harder one. You've been quoted as saying that the industry is full of people with very little to say. What do you mean by that? Okay, so that that sounds a lot harsher than I probably intended it to it be. It probably does, which is why I said, "Might as well get it straight from the horse's yeah. mouth." Oh, right. Um, you know, you know what it really is is um. Like if, if you're on the outside of this thing looking in, um, you it, it looks kind of, uh, you know, kind of fantastical or, or whatever you want to call it. Like you got all these these composers and musicians and I, maybe what all they do is just sit in front of a piano and jot notes down on a sheet of paper and 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 play their ideas and call each other up and be like, hey, what do you think of this melody and blah, blah, blah. And and once you're in the world, you soon realize it's not like that at all. There's there's a lot of isolation. Every, everyone is siloed. Um, there are people who uh, have been working decades to to get to a certain level, and and they don't quite reach it. And there's a lot of like disappointment and um, uh, insecurity in in this business and. And and I think what what I was going at when I was when I made that statement was um, with with uh, with all the you know all all the stuff that goes on in our industry competitions and um, things that that people like to use as measuring sticks for for everybody. There's just a lot of uh, it's just a lot of kind of BS you you see and read and and and. I think what it is is we should all maybe just kind of get back to our music a little more and um, and and let that be what what we can all enjoy from each other instead of these heated debates that just kind of get nowhere. But um, but the real core of of, of that statement is um, I feel like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people who who aren't um, you know sort of set up to to have as many opportunities as others and and these are the voices that we should be hearing you know people with with stories and people with with unique backgrounds and, and upbringings and uh and and i think we're, we've had enough of like you know I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it we've had enough of kind of this white male um saturation that this business has had and 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 we gotta we gotta get some some different people to uh, to put forth their their point of view points of view to um, you know make make this 
make this business or this industry, this art form more well-rounded. So, so I think uh, that's what I was calling for in that statement. Then it follows up then, 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 then what are some of your opinions on why is it so hard to break in to begin with? Is, is it because of, like I started with the feel because everybody has an opinion on what good music is, which it's the most objective thing in the universe. Um, yeah. or, or, or is it because there are people who are just clutching their balls? I think Hans Zimmer is the biggest name we see inside of, um, inside of perspective. And even he says, don't listen to me. Last piece of advice you dropped was, don't listen to composers. But mm -hmm. on your way, composer, inside of a form for composer. Yes, I know exactly what I'm saying. It didn't get where I'm saying it. So it's one of those things of, is it hard because people don't know where to go? Like, it even took me a whole bunch of Googling and about three years going the wrong direction before I ever found you, you and that group. Actually, yeah, that's all right. All right. And is there a way we can kind of curtail that experience because i've been focusing on this since 2015 but of course mm -hmm. my local community college can only teach you so much and after that good luck trying to get into depaul or columbia and chicago good luck uh, and even if you do they still probably don't know half as much as what you know just from the show effects they probably haven't done it in 20 years so what leads people down the long rabbit hole in your mind um man that's i mean it i don't even know where to begin with that but I, I i think a lot of it is uh something i alluded to earlier which is um the fact that there are roadblocks set up and and you you're gonna find you're gonna find people who you know, they waited their whole life to get to a certain point, and then they feel like um, the younger generation doesn't deserve any any kind of fast track to uh, to get to get going to get to the same place faster. You know, it's not like they'll get there before, but they're afraid of them getting there faster for some reason. And um, and and I think this is backwards thinking. Like, you know, you want to push the craft, you want to push the art form let people accelerate and 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 do things the right way and and the thing is the thing about it is the research and and the study and and all these things the techniques they've been done there's no there's you don't need to spend the same 20 years uh figuring out how to use a DAW or whatever when when it's so easy now and you have the youtube generation and people are you know, the information is available for you to learn things faster than you ever could before. So, so, you know, people who are setting up those roadblocks, I, I think they show a lot of fear and insecurity. Um, but, you know, there are, there are individuals like myself and, and the, the group I run, which is called teammates, um, who, who are the opposite, you know, we, we want, we want to see our community thrive. We want to teach people. We want to answer the questions that people have. 
and make ourselves as uh, as publicly and and well known and available as as possible, so so everyone can benefit from it. You know, no, not not any one of us are earning a single dime from that group. It's all volunteer based, um, and and I think it it has done done a lot for the community. So, uh, how to find those kinds of resources? Um, I don't know. You, you just have to sort of be out there and and hope you uh, stumble along, like like you did, for example. Um, and and once once you have found that resource, I think it's I think it's everyone's responsibility to to spread the word and and get it out there for everyone else to to take advantage of. Which is always yes, sharing of knowledge is the only way anything has survived. But yeah. If we who who knows where we would have been if. Paganini didn't write down his caprices so that Liszt could ultimately edit them and modify them for a different generation in a different instrument. And mm -hmm. Schering has survived us then and Schering will survive us now. So yeah. then, what do you see, in what way, can you speak to the future of the craft? In what ways do you see composing growing over the next five years? Oh man, I mean, I could I could say what I think, but it'll probably be something completely different, <laughs> which is just how it. But but I think I think we're in a really interesting spot right now where there is a little bit of pushback to this sort of factory mentality of media music, where it, you know it's uh, the. The ones who are who are at the top of this ladder are the ones who have basically figured out the financial parts of it, and they take as many projects and don't turn anything down. But then they have an army of assistants that are helping them get through it, and the result is the 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 work being put out kind of kind of sounds like that. It sounds like it was done in a factory. It's it's not as special as it could be. So so I think there's a trend. Um, and I think uh, guys like Ludwig Göransson are kind of leading the way with that trend of, um, you know, you get you get a project and and you nurse that that like that's your project. It's 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 the one you're going to work on. Um, the 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 directors and producers are going to give you time to, to you know figure something out really good. And and um, and I couldn't be happier for Ludwig and Ryan Coogler who kind of set the precedent um, for the movie um, uh, Black Panther, where Ludwig was given a lot of time, like like a month or several months, to kind of figure out what the themes are going to be and, and how it's going to tell the story. And this was before the film was even made. So um, when, when, when you give your artist time to, to uh, create the, the universe, as it will, good things are going to happen. And sure enough, Ludwig won the Oscar for best score on that movie. And, and that's kind of been his workflow ever since. So, so that's, I, I, I believe we're going to see more of that. Um, but like I said, you know, things happen all sorts of funny ways. So it could be a spin on, on that of some sort, but, but I think the, the value of good content that's going to go into these projects is going to rise and, and you're going to see less and less of this sort of factory output. Well, then, for for the next generation, what advice could you offer? 
man. Um, <laughs> that's that's a good one. Uh, I I think you just need to first and foremost don't give up. Um, I I I believe I've I've gotten at least as far as I've gotten just by waiting things out uh, for various things, you know, like learning from every mistake, but not putting it, not putting it down. Um, like every, every possible thing that can go wrong, I think has gone wrong in, in my career, but I've, I've had the, the perseverance to, to stick through it. And, and, and after a certain amount of time, you, you learn, like <clears throat> you sort of sense these uh, these decisions that are going to come up and, and uh, enough years and experiences go by, you learn to make the right calls. Even, even though like, for example, you get a rejection email and you want to just like shout how mad you are at the world. <laughs> uh, better practice is to not do that, but instead, you know, shift your energy towards, towards something positive that can come out of it. So you, you wish them good luck. Um, and then you, you, maybe you even say like, Hey, uh, this project is going to be great. They, they have a really nice thing going on here. Um, so I, I wish them the best and, and, you know, someone is going to see that, that generosity, that positivity, and they're going to want, they're going to want some of that in their, in their life. So you might get someone, you might get the next person to come along and be like, Hey, I want, I want you and your energy on my project. And sure enough, that has happened. Uh, that has indeed happened to me and it has propelled me further than if I were to be the person on that original project. So, so, you know, you, you take things as they come and you just make the most of it. Uh, and that's really what it is. And, um, and you keep, always keep, always keep your sensors out for, for those who, who are really trying to help you and, and those who might seem like they're trying to help you, but they're in fact not helping you. Um, and uh, and we've got this group teammates that I mentioned earlier. Um, and if you get on there, we can actually help you recognize the the good guys and the bad guys, and 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 steer you in a direction that that should be good for you. I like the name. I like the name. So I, this is my last one, and okay. it's a tad bit more abstract, but I think it's pretty good. Music right, is often referred to as a painting. Sorry, let me start again. Music is often referred to as painting a picture with sound. If you could sum up the lessons you've learned throughout your journey, what would be the centerpiece of your mural? Uh, my mural, wow. Um, man, I, well, I, I think my mural would be one of those that that just has vignettes of all the different experiences and adventures, and it'd be a big collage of of different things but but if i had to put one thing at the middle of it all oh i don't know i mean maybe maybe the time spent with my high school music teacher like uh that's that's mr howard crawford um and he's he's kind of the first the first one who who gave me this sort of idea in my head that I could actually do this as a profession. Um, so, so I, I owe a lot to him. Um, and, and him being like probably my, the greatest mentor I ever had. So yeah, I, he'd, he'd be the center of it all. 
There you go. And as <laughs> one of your mentees, I, I think I, I'd be more than impressed to make sure that the mentor would be proud of his, would, would be proud of his, because I'm proud of mine. <laughs> I know. Um, Thank you for this thank you. time. Thank you for uh, teaching us that it isn't the end of the world and that there is ways to approach this, even if it does look extremely daunting. <laughs> All right. Likewise, sir.